0: Hello, Disney fans, and welcome to the show. My name is Austin Terrace, and I'm joined here today by my two wonderful sisters, Kylie. Hi, everybody. And Emma.
1: Hey,
2: everyone.
0: Coming up on this episode of Disney Daydream, Disney has just released a trio of vacation package discounts for the fall. The American Pavilion in Epcot gets a new restaurant, and the Lion King dominates at the box office. Later on, we'll tell you everything that you need to know about Disney Vacation Club. So take a little break out of your busy day, and let's start daydreaming. Thank you. Before we hop into our news stories for today, I just wanted to take another moment to thank all of our wonderful listeners for tuning in and supporting us as we get this thing off of the ground. I hope that we can continue to earn your valuable listening time. We're going to try our best to provide you with entertaining Disney news and really helpful travel tips. Emma, Kylie, and I, we all know really personally how great a Disney trip can be and it can really have a lasting impact and give your family lifelong memories. Our, Absolute number one goal for this entire show is to help people maximize the magic of their vacation while minimizing the price. And if you're on the fence about whether you should take a Disney trip or not, we hope that we can be able to provide you with the tools you need to feel comfortable making that leap in booking your first trip to Disney. So, our first news story of the day Disney is offering a My First Getaway package, a magical first that will last forever. That's their long title. So this is a two-night, three-day package running from August 11th to September 25th. Uh, It has a $999 base price, and it includes all of the following. A two-night stay in a standard room at an all-star resort. Two-park magic ticket valid for one day at Magic Kingdom and one day at Animal Kingdom. You get a stroller rental each day in the park, and then a merchandise bag. It's including Mickey Mouse plush autograph book pen a my first visit Mickey ears and a reusable bag uh, <laughs> I just laugh at how it includes a reusable bag so like a grocery bag or something. <laughs> hopefully it's a little bit nicer than that um, and that price they gave was based on two adults and one child so this is an Awful deal, in my opinion. <laughs> uh, I'm just gonna try to be upfront with you guys. You really need to pay attention when Disney releases these packages because some of them just don't make any sense. Okay, uh, two nights in an all-star resort is uh, probably like a two hundred to two hundred fifty dollar value. So your other seven hundred and fifty dollars is in your tickets, and then this merchandise bag. That's going to come to you in like a regular Bush's plastic uh, <laughs> <laughs> type of thing. But the thing that bothers me about it is that it's called my first getaway package and it's marketing specifically to people who have never been to Disney before. And this is the package that's offered to that. Like come experience Disney for your first time. It is super, super crowded all star resort. You fly in, you go to the park. You come back to the All-Star Resort exhausted, you go to your next park the next day, and then after that you leave. Like, nothing about this is how you should be experiencing Disney the very first time that you go. So, I don't know. I kind of wanted to get your opinions about this one.
1: I mean, I think the worst thing that you can do is expect to travel to one of the parks on your travel day. Like, unless you're coming in from... I don't know. An hour or 2 outside of Orlando, you're just not going to be able to experience everything that you want to do in the park um after being exhausted from traveling. So with a 2-night stay, you're either traveling on the day that you get there or you're or you're either going to the park on the day that you get there or you're going to the park on the day that you leave, both of which are not ideal, and you're also forced to go to Magic Kingdom and Animal Kingdom, you don't even get to choose which parks you're going to. So, yeah, it's it doesn't make any sense to me either.
0: Somebody would actually probably have to pay me $1,000 to want to <laughs> experience Disney this way. <laughs> and I mean, the All-Star Resort transportation, the buses are super full. It's, uh, it's just like a non-stop go, go, go type of trip. And if people try to do this, I'm like afraid that they're not going to want to come back for another (laughs) Disney experience after doing that. So in my opinion, don't pay attention to that deal. Skip out on it. And there's one that is better that I will tell you about right now. So their next package discount is called the Fall and Holiday Room Discount. This one can save you potentially 20% on your room reservation for most nights, September 1st through the 28th, and November 10th through December 24th. Then they say the discount is also available on most Sunday to Thursday night trips, September 29th through November 7th. The 20% savings are going to happen at Copper Creek, uh, Animal Kingdom Lodge, Boardwalk Inn, Grand Floridian, and Yacht Club. You'll be able to save 15% at Beach Club, the Cabins of Fort Wilderness, Caribbean Beach, and Coronado Springs. And then you can save 10% at the Contemporary, Boulder Ridge, Polynesian, Port Orleans French Quarter, Port Orleans Riverside, and the Art of Animation Family Suites. So the Little Mermaid standard rooms are not included there. And if you're thinking about taking a last-minute trip this fall, I would suggest taking advantage of this one. Um, there is also a third package out right now, the free dining package, um, but that comes with a ton of date restrictions, and it also requires you to purchase a non-discounted room and to get a park hopper ticket. Uh, and to see the difference between these two deals, I, I priced it out for you. So I uh, for a family of two adults, I looked for the free dining package, Uh, November 18th through the 23rd. There was a standard room with a pool view available at Animal Kingdom Lodge, and the total cost came out to $3,792. So that was the room, your two five-day tickets with a park hopper, and the Disney dining plan. And the Disney dining plan is the one that includes one quick service meal, a table service meal, and two snacks per person, per night of your stay. So, it's a lot of food. You won't go hungry with that one. Um, but with the fall and holiday room discount, you could stay for the same amount of time, same resort, in the same exact room, with the same park tickets for $3,221. So that pretty much means you have to think about if you're going to spend $570 on food during your five-night vacation. And you could definitely do that at Disney. There are a lot of really expensive places you could go to to hit that mark. But you're probably not going to spend that much for five nights. Um, also, with the fall and holiday room discount, you're not forced to buy the park hopper. And changing that to a regular one part per day ticket could lower your cost down to 3050 bucks. So more of a difference of like 700 now. Um, so in my opinion, book the fall and holiday room discount. Don't worry about free dining. And of course, Disney's trying to be very slick here. Do you think I saw any standard room views offered with the dining discount? No, they want you to buy the upgraded views, looking at the pool, looking at, you know, the Savannah, but not the regular standard views. Um, So that's going to increase your price as well. All right, but let's move on to our next story. Kylie, what do you have?
1: So Liberty Inn at Epcot is now closed in the America Pavilion, um, which we're all really excited about because the fact that American cuisine was being represented by this quick service restaurant um, was kind of disappointing considering all of the food festivals that are taking place at Epcot now, and um, it'll be good for American food to be better represented than just food that you can get at a quick-service location around the different other parks. Um, So this will be replaced sometime later this year by a barbecue joint called Regal Eagle Smokehouse Craft Drafts and Barbecue. So uh, we're not a fan of this name choice, uh, Regal Eagle... To me, um, I don't like that it rhymes, first of all. Second of all, I think it just, like, I would guess by hearing that name that it's going to be some type of steakhouse situation. Um, It doesn't really fit the tone of a barbecue joint to me. I just think they kind of missed the mark here with the name choice. Um, But I'm very excited that uh, they're going to be updating this restaurant in the American Pavilion.
0: Yeah, there is... Still probably no way that I'm going to eat here instead of in another country in the World Showcase. But it just makes me so angry that that's what is representing our food, like American food. And you can get that stuff at any quick service place. It wasn't even unique. So at least this one is a little bit more unique. It'll have a good theme. Hopefully it has some nice decor. Um, But yeah, I'm still probably not going to choose this spot over like a great meal in France or Italy, you know, but it's definitely an upgrade.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, just reiterating that no part of me wants to eat somewhere that says Regal Eagle on the front, but better than the Liberty Inn. So pretty happy about this overall.
0: Yeah. Okay. So Emma, let's move on to your news topic.
2: Okay, so I want to talk about The Lion King. Um, Basically, it brought in $192 million opening weekend at the domestic box office. Um, It is the biggest debut ever for an animated movie. And while it is completely animated, Disney has been advertising it as a live-action remake, which it definitely looks like it's live-action, but it's actually all CGI. Um, it's the biggest opening weekend ever for a Disney movie that isn't Star Wars or part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is really interesting. And I, in my opinion, I think it really lived up to the hype. I thought it was absolutely amazing. And it actually has lukewarm critical reviews. It's a 53% on Rotten Tomatoes. But even that isn't hurting this movie. I think a lot of people that I've talked to absolutely adored every part of this film. And I really thought that Disney did a fantastic job remaking it.
0: Yeah, it has a pretty average critical score, but a really, really great audience score. And some of the major complaints I heard about it, you know, being way too similar to the original movie, you know, and also the fact that some people weren't a fan of how realistic the lions looked, and they thought some of the emotion was kind of lost in there. Um, None of that bothered me, to be honest. I I love this movie. They had some great additional music by Hans Zimmer, and I love how um, Spirit by Beyonce was used in the film. So I found myself crying at multiple points, which was what I was really hoping for. (laughs) I thought it featured some brilliant voice acting and there were changes. There was more additional dialogue added, and I thought everything that was changed was done very well, and it was well thought out and a really kind of fun new take on it. So what do you think, Kylie?
1: I loved it. And for me, The Lion King is my all-time favorite Disney movie. It has been for a long time, and to me, if they were to make too many crazy changes... I would have been disappointed. So that was a positive for me. I was glad that they stuck closer to the original story than they did with other remakes because I'm just such a fan of the original. So, I appreciated that. I can see where they're coming from with the um the faces, the lack of emotion in some places, but I mean, I think Disney had to decide, do we want to commit fully to making these animals look real or do we want to go with a more animated face type of situation? I I think it would have been more uncomfortable if there were these very realistic-looking lions making very unrealistic faces and over-exaggerated expressions. So I was happy with it.
0: Yeah, and I kind of like that it was marketed as a live-action remake because going into it, I did know what to expect. I was hoping that it would look completely like a nature documentary in some respects. And it definitely did not disappoint. And I think it was really cool how the creators of this movie basically made a complete CGI universe, kind of. And they talked to each other after putting on VR headsets and tell um, the animators to move this stuff over here and brighten or darken these points. So. I like the fact that it was so hyper realistic i didn't I didn't really want just a different animated lion King. I wanted something that did look completely authentic. so if you haven't been out to see it yet, I would do yourself a favor, go see the movie. Um, I really don't think you'll be disappointed in most huge Disney fans that I know found it to be really, really enjoyable before we get into our topic. I kind of realized that we spent a lot of time discussing the Riviera Resort last last episode, but we didn't really dive into the Vacation Club too much. And we might have some listeners who aren't familiar with what DVC is and how to get in, what some of the benefits are. So we wanted to spend some time today discussing everything that you need to know about Disney Vacation Club. And hopefully using some of this information, you can decide if it might be a good fit for you and your family. So stay tuned. Our topic of Disney Vacation Club is coming up next. Disney Vacation Club. So the thing I think you should conceptualize here if you're not familiar with DVC is that we're talking about Disney's version of a timeshare, but you shouldn't let timeshare scare you. It's not shady. You're not going to be taken into some back room pressured to buying a huge contract here. It's very classy. These cast members will give you a full tour of a DVC room and a DVC property. They're not going to pressure you into buying anything. And they actually won't even allow you to sign a contract that day. They're going to insist that you go back to your resort, you take a night or two to think it over before making a decision. And another really important difference here is that instead of an assigned week that you're allowed to vacation, uh, DVC works on a point system instead. So the amount of money that you spend coming into DVC is based on which resort you buy into... And how many annual vacation points you want to have. Obviously, if you get a larger amount of points, you're going to have a longer vacation, or you'll be able to stay in larger accommodations. And you can use these points to book rooms at any time of the year. Okay, This means that if you get into your DVC contract, you're essentially buying a very, very, very small stake of ownership in a Disney Resort your contract is going to be good for an annual allotment of points for 50 years after the opening of that resort. So because they started selling the very first contracts in 1991, Old Key West opened in 1992, the first DVC contracts are expiring in 2042. If you get at the newest place, this opening up here in December, Riviera, then your contract is going to be good through 2070 because they're officially saying, that resort is opening in 2020. Um, A lot can happen in those 50 years. And the good news is, is that this is a deeded property. So you can will this to your children or next of kin. If you pass away, God forbid, before your contract expires. Also, if your circumstances change and you need to get out and sell your contract, then there is a really great, vibrant market out there for resale. So you're going to be able to get back a lot of your initial investment. I know the big question is, what is it going to cost me? Um, And honestly, the answer depends. So each DVC resort has a different price per point value. And if you know anything about Disney vacation trends, you can accurately guess that buying a contract today costs a ton of more money than the initial ones did 25 years ago. I'm going to go through as quickly as I can a little overview of how these prices have increased over the last 25 years. So the first DVC resort, Old Key West, started selling those contracts in 1991 for $48 per point. Vero Beach was next in 95, $62.75 a point. Boardwalk and Hilton Head Island Resort were next in 96. Those were also $62.75. Boulder Ridge Villas came in 2000 for 67 a point. Beach Club 2002 for 75. Saratoga Springs the next year for 89. Then there was a little bit of a gap. Animal Kingdom Villas opened up in 2007 for $101 a point. Bay Lake Tower the next year for 112. Uh, The Villas at Grand Californian were 2009 for 112 as well. Alani, the resort in Hawaii, opened up in 2010 for 120 a point. They added some villas at Grand Floridian in 2013. That was 145 Polynesian villas and bungalows for 160 a point in 2015. And then we're getting into the recent ones that they're still selling. So Copper Creek Villas and Cabins was 2017 at $176 a point. And now the Riviera. Um, opened up initially at $188 a point. Those have increased, and now those contracts are selling for over $200 a point. So, in the span of 25 years, obviously the early adapters always win. Those people who bought in Old Key West for $48 a point, they are sitting pretty right now. If you want to get into the game, and you want to book it through Disney, then you're going to be paying over $200 a point today. And if you think there's a point where that's going to drop and get cheaper, you're probably wrong. It's going to keep rising and rising. Okay? Uh, You need to know that Disney is also going to make you buy at least 75 vacation points when you book direct. That means at a bare minimum, just for the cheapest initial contract, It's going to cost you $15,000 to get in. There are going to be some closing costs, usually only a couple hundred dollars, Um, but of course that depends on how many you buy. If you buy a crap ton of points, that's going to be a little bit more. And if you choose, there are financing options available. I would never be one to suggest that a person finances their vacation option, but um, depending on your credit score... The interest rate will be about 10 to 20 percent. Like I mentioned before, currently you can buy direct through Disney at Copper Creek Villas or at the Riviera Resort. A few years down the road, they're going to be open up opening up reflections, and you'll be able to buy there. And if I had to guess what the price per point will be. I would say when that opens up in about 2022, probably 220 a point, 225, that would make sense to me. Um, Now, we need to talk a little bit about your home resort. This is a location where you buy your initial contract. You're allowed to book a room at your home resort 11 months in advance. So through the vacation club, another Um, difference from a regular timeshare, and a great benefit is that you can also stay at any other DVC resort. But when you do that, you're only allowed to reserve your trip seven months in advance. So home resort, 11 months. Any other DVC property, seven months. You might be asking, if eventually you can stay anywhere, why does your home resort matter that much? What if you don't like to plan that far in advance, and so seven months seems good to you? Well, unfortunately, nowadays, it does matter. It matters a lot. You need to buy your initial contract at a resort you can see yourself staying in time and time again. Um, As more resorts are built, more points are out there, there are more people getting involved with DVC. That means that it's just harder to book certain room types or certain resorts seven months in advance. For example... If you ever want to stay at Beach Club, you would have had to pretty much buy your contract there. Because seven months in advance, you're not staying there. If you want to stay in a DVC resort in the months of September, October, when Epcot is having their food and wine festival, or they're doing Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party, you are probably not going to find anything available at seven months, you need to book it sooner. So your home resort does matter. Um, nowadays, and I think going into the future, it's going to really um, be more difficult to get these things at seven months in advance now. All right, passing on to Emma, she's going to talk a little bit about the use year, how to bank points, borrowing points, and how that can help get you the vacation that you want.
2: So basically, Disney Vacation Club has this thing called a use year, and that is the date that you will receive your DVC points each year. So there are eight different use years, February, March, April, June, August, September, October, and December. The use years determine the deadline for banking points, which will always be eight months after your your use year. For example, if your use year is February, you receive your points on February 1st and have until September 30th to bank your points. For new members picking a use year, the different options don't make a huge difference, but if you consistently go around the same time of year, you would want to plan out your use year accordingly. So if you typically go in November, it'd be smart to pick an October use year. This way, if you have to cancel a November trip, you have almost a year to make up your points, opposed to a couple months. And you want to keep in mind that a use year does not impact when you can book your trip. This is typically very confusing for people looking at DVC. You always book your trip 11 months out, no matter what your use year is. In order to maximize DVC points, you can also bank your points and use them in your next use year. Another cool thing you can do is borrow points from your next use year. This way you can make sure you're getting the most use out of your points. Disney Vacation Club resorts also have five different seasons depending on how populated the parks are at the time. So here are the seasons in order from uh, least populated to most populated. So we have the adventure season, which is um, generally January and September. There's the choice season, which is October and November. The dream season, which will be around spring. The magic season, which uh, are the the summer months. And then the premiere season, which is the most busy, which would be around spring break and from Christmas to New Year's. Basically, these seasons determine the DVC point value at that time. The lowest points will be during the least populated seasons, while the highest points are during the most populated seasons. For example, a studio with a standard view at Disney's Animal Kingdom Lodge during the adventure season would be somewhere between 11 and 13 DVC points. The same room during the premiere season would be 20 to 23 DVC points. You can easily... You can find an easily accessible point chart for the different resorts in 2019 on the David's Vacation Club Rentals website, and these change every year. So you want to make sure to check that out.
0: Yeah, just to add on here a couple of quick things. So remember I mentioned that DVC gives you an annual allotment of points. But let's say you want to go have a full week, seven nights, at a DVC resort, but you don't have enough points for it. So you can do a couple of things. You can bank your points, which is save from this year. And then when you get your next year points, you have basically two years worth of points. Or you could borrow. So you could take what you have this year and then say, no, I'm not going to use my next year's allotment because I want my vacation now. And now you have two years of points as well to draw from. Or Disney allows you to do both. So you could potentially use up to three years worth of your points at a time. By banking, using your current year, and borrowing. And that's going to give you, if you bought a $100 initial contract, it'll give you um, up to 300 points that you can use for your one trip. Okay? But after you have borrowed those points, when your next use year comes around you're not going to be getting anything. So um, that's something to keep in mind. Also, buying into DVC is good because of its protection against inflation that happens. So Disney can raise their regular rack rates for resorts any amount they want, any time of the year. It doesn't matter. It's That's their prerogative. But with DVC... There's only a set number of points out there. So it's basically, hmm, how many rooms do you have? What does it cost to rent them out per night? Multiply that by 365, and that is the full number of points that a resort has. So if Disney wants to say, oh, you know what? The Polynesian is really popular right now. We're going to boost this up four points a night. They have to take away four points a night from some other place. So you know that your points are going to retain their value, which is a really great um, thing to keep in mind. So Kylie's going to do a little overview of the room categories here and um, the very disappointing annual dues that come along (laughs) with being a DVC member.
1: So... There are four different room categories for DVC resorts. Studios, one-bedroom villas, two-bedroom villas, and three-bedroom villas, or the grand villas. So a studio is basically your standard hotel room, but it's important to note that unlike the typical hotel room that has two queen beds, almost all of the resorts have one queen bed and a sleeper sofa, Um, They technically sleep five, but I think that could be a little crowded if we're talking five grown adults versus some kids. Um, The resorts, Old Key West and Vero Beach, though, do have the two queen beds. Um, Some also have a twin trundle bed. So this can work really well for families, but it isn't the best way to fully utilize your DVC points. Going on to the one-bedroom villas, these kind of get you more bang for your buck. And this is where DVC can really become worth it. So these rooms have a master bedroom, a full kitchen, and a living room. And they also have a washer and dryer, which can be super convenient for a lot of people. If you have young kids or if you're staying for a long period of time, Um, this can be a really nice thing to have. And while the capacity is the same as a studio, they still sleep five They're almost double in square footage, so you have a lot more space to spread out. And some of the newer resorts even have an additional half or full bathroom, which can make it a lot easier to get ready in the mornings when you're traveling with a bunch of people. Um, The two-bedroom villas are better for larger families, multiple families, people traveling in groups. They sleep up to eight or nine people. And they still include the kitchen and the living room but obviously you have two different bedrooms. There are two different kinds of two-bedroom villas though which is kind of important to note when you're looking at what you're going to get for your vacation. There's lock-off two bedrooms and dedicated two bedrooms. So the difference here is that lock-off bedrooms two bedrooms combine one a one-bedroom villa and a studio so this gives you the amenities of a, of the one-bedroom and the amenities of a studio combined rather than giving you two separate bedroom areas. Um, you'll also have one entrance if you get a dedicated two-bedroom villa versus having two entrances with the combined rooms. And then lastly, but definitely not least, are the three-bedroom or grand villas, which sleep 12 people. Um, the exception here is the treehouses at Saratoga Springs. They only sleep nine, but these rooms are limited and um, not super available. They also aren't at every DVC resort, so only specific resorts have these, and the Grand Villas have a dining room. They have great views because they're at the top of most of the resorts. Some are even two stories, which is pretty awesome. They have three bedrooms, typically with one king bed and two queen beds, and have three bathrooms and some even have four. So these are really good for um, traveling with large groups and they'll cost you a ton of points. So that's something to be aware of when you're thinking about booking these rooms. So moving on to what Austin said, the disappointing part of um, DVC, you have to pay annual dues. So think of this as a homeowners association fee. The money goes towards the resort's operating costs, administrative expenses, refurbishment expenses, and real estate taxes. So these dues are calculated on a per-point basis. So if you have more points, you're going to pay higher dues. And they are collected at the beginning of the year, each year in January, and you can pay them all at once, or you can schedule to have monthly payments. It's important to note that the per-point cost is not a set fee. So that's where people can really get stuck here with the DVC. They don't expect these annual dues to fluctuate. So if your resort is undergoing refurbishment, for example, you're probably going to be paying more in your annual dues than you do usually. Or another example, right now Disney is in the process of increasing their minimum wage for cast members. So we're seeing really high yearly increases in the annual dues as a result of this change that's taking place. Last thing I'm going to talk about are some membership benefits. So this is the exciting part about being a DVC member. As Austin said before, just to reiterate, you are not locked into a specific hotel or a specific time of the year like most timeshare plans. Uh, Your annual points are good for 50 years after the resort opens, and you can travel at any time of the year as long as you're booking 11 months out at your home resort or seven months out if you're trying to stay somewhere else. You can get discounts on annual passes even if you don't live in Florida, which can be a super awesome perk, especially if you're planning to go on multiple trips a year with your Disney Vacation Club membership. Sometimes Disney will also provide discounts on park tickets for DVC members. Um, This isn't always happening, but it's a really awesome perk that you can take advantage of if Disney is offering it at the time. Disney also provides some special events for DVC members that are actually becoming more and more frequent. So if you're interested in getting into the parks for some special events, they might have some hard to find characters around or um, some exclusive ride access, things like that. It can be pretty cool to be a part of. Um, You also have free laundry services if you're in a studio room. So Most DVC resorts have laundry facilities on site, but you have to pay for them unless you're a DVC member. Um, And like I said, if you're even getting a one, two, three bedroom villa, you have laundry facilities in your room. So that's a great perk. Disney advertises that pool hopping is a perk for DVC members. But when I looked into this a little more, there are a lot of restrictions on which pools you can go to. So I'm not really sure that this is a perk, but it's listed. Um, For example, you can't go to Beach Club's pool. You can't go to the Art of Animation pool. You can only go to the Animal Kingdom pool at certain times of the year. So if you're interested in trying some other pools, maybe you're excited about this. I don't know. You can get 10 to 20% off shopping and dining. And sometimes this is even bumped up to 30%. So you can save a lot there. If you blow through your points for the year, you get 25% off of rooms at DVC properties when you're just booking through Disney so if you're really a Disney fanatic and you used up all of your points for the year but you really got to go again you can get a discount um there are a 15 percent discount on park tours and of special events which can be kind of exciting if you want to do the cool tours that Disney has to offer you get access to some exclusive lounges For example, the one at Bay Lake Tower and the Imagination Lounge in Epcot. And then there are also some random things that Disney offers. For example, right now there's a discount on tickets for Frozen on Broadway. Um, They have member-exclusive pins that you can collect. You're able to be a member of the Tables in Wonderland um, membership option. Things like that that are just additional little perks of being a DVC member.
0: Very good. And just going back to the rooms really quickly, I think a huge benefit of being in these villas at DVC properties are the full kitchens that you have access to. Like not just a little kitchenette. The kitchenettes happen in the studios. But once you get to the one bedroom, these are complete full kitchens, full size fridge. You got your stove and oven um, dishwasher. So that can really even save you quite a bit of money if you are able to cook some meals there instead of buying um, quick service meals or eating out at the table uh, service restaurants. Unfortunately, I think DVC would be pretty much a no-brainer for a lot of people to buy into if the annual dues didn't exist because, to me, you really have to factor this in. If you're paying seven dollars per point, and let's just say you've got a contract that's like a hundred and fifty points every single year, you're gonna be flushing out a solid like thousand dollars for annual dues, and that is not helping you get more points. That's just to pay for the maintenance of your resort. So you you have you do have this extra expense. That you need to think about. And let's say you're you're the type of family who it costs a lot of money for them to fly down to Disney, so you decide to bank or borrow points, then there are gonna be years where you're not taking a Disney vacation, but you're still dropping hundreds or thousands of dollars in your annual dues.
1: Yeah, so this year the annual dues ranged from six to nine dollars per point depending on your home resort so each resort is different and that's where you can get kind of strategic in um, where you're buying a contract from so for example Vero Beach has very high annual dues because of its location it's right on the beach a lot of natural wear and tear hurricanes things like that can really increase what you're going to end up paying on your annual dues so um do your research. Find out where the annual dues are lowest. Um, which ones have the lowest percentage increase? Usually always year.
0: Saratoga Springs. That's usually considered the best value in terms of annual dues. Um, but yeah, like the Hilton Head Island too. And some fairly higher dues at like Alani, you know. But things like uh, Boardwalk and Saratoga Springs are usually lower. High dues at Animal Kingdom Lodge because... You have a whole zoo of animals mm-hmm. to take care of. <laughs> so that's an important consideration that you have to make. Um, but it is great knowing that if you're considering DVC, then you're going to get this annual allot- allotment of points and your days of just forking over four or $5,000 and then just saying goodbye to that money when you leave are kind of over with. So you make this huge initial investment, but you're getting 50 years worth of points. So that's always nice, you know, to see. I've heard a lot of families who try to get these two, three bedroom villas and their total comes out to $10,000. And then after they've gone, that $10,000 is, is gone with it, you know. And with DVC, you have the option of being able to rese- uh, resell your, your contract and make quite a bit of your money back from your initial investment. But that, that's something we'll definitely dive into another day. We'll talk a lot about that DVC resale process. And also how you could not buy directly through Disney and save a little bit of money by just going to that resale market. Um, so stay tuned for that one because uh, that can really save you thousands upon thousands of dollars here. And I think the last thing I wanted to mention really quickly about DVC in itself was what if you're thinking about how many points I might need, like trying to figure out that number for your initial contract. My first advice about that would be to look at the point charts. You know, some people can only go during a certain time of year. If you have kids that are in school or if you're a teacher, pretty much the summer. You need to be looking in those months and seeing, okay, I want to take a week's worth of vacation each year. So I'm going to look at um, these point charts at this resort, find out how many points I need, and then that'll be my initial contract. Uh, Some people think that they can get away with just looking at studios, but there aren't many studios at these places. So in terms of the room categories, studios they have the least amount of and they sell out the quickest one bedrooms, they have a lot of. Two bedrooms, they have a lot of. And then the three-bedroom grand villas, they don't have a ton of. But there's some places like Saratoga that have a bunch of tree houses. So it really just depends. But you should, at a minimum, try to find uh, one-bedroom prices. And then buy your annual contract from there. Because you don't want to be disappointed. And you only bought enough points for your one week vacation in a studio, but then you're never able to book a studio because it's just not available. So make sure that you're giving yourself a little bit of cushion and that you look at one bedroom um, at a minimum here. But I think that's going to do it for this episode of the Disney Daydream Podcast. Hope you enjoyed it and that you'll join us for the next one. Remember, be kind to one another and take the time to find a magical moment in each and every day.